Hey, good morning. It's me. Uh, it's April. this whole domestication thing, or this, we're domestic, or domicile, or, yeah, how we domesticated, like, like, animals, you know, to further our dietary needs, and also our security, and I've been learning that for, at least, for me, you know, that the epicenter every, of everything human, and living creature is food. Yes, food. And like not, and that's not to kind of take a jab at people or like say that religion is wrong or that it's not about love because it is. But I feel like the more I think about things a certain way, and it's dangerous because I don't talk to other people about it, um, which can be a good or bad thing. But I do want to talk to more people about it and hear what they have to say, but like... I just feel like everything revolves around food, but then food is what? Is a means to survive and reproduce. And there's other things that come with that, like, you know, there's warmth. So we, you know, we're, we're not cold-blooded animals, we're like warm-blooded, you know, we have to be warm. Wait, pardon? I don't think we're cold-blooded. I think we're warm-blooded, but I don't know. Like, we have to be warm and stuff, and like... That comes with the territory of being human. And clothes is such an important part of that because of that. And... It's not a sin to survive. It's okay. So, I have to get that down. Because I'm a human being. And I have a human body. I mean, I have a human spirit. I believe in spirits, but for now, right? We're occupying a physical world that we must survive in. And so, food's a big part of that. Shelter's a big part of that. Land is a big part of that. It's where we are. And we need each other, you know? We need. We're each other's food, so to speak, like socially, you know? If we don't socialize and if we stay isolated, it's not good. Very, very good for our mental health. survive, they should survive. 
and I feel the same, but it feels like it's hard, it's just hard right now, or I'm not thriving, but I remember when I was 25, when I was living in Nashville, it was the exact same, it was actually a lot worse, you know, and again, this isn't to complain, because I am hopeful, but there's part of me that enjoys learning through that, or through this, you know, um, these ideas and these experiences that I maybe can only learn through living this, you know, like, again, I'm starting this, um, game I used to play, I'm kind of addicted to it already, um, it's like you have to kind of build a farm in a town, and I kind of bought it in response to like, um, not being able or not, not wanting to buy land anymore, even though I want to, but I can't. Um, it's sort of would, this sort of would help me scratch that itch, you know, to be a developer and to like see things grow, because that's just a big part of me, you know? And I've just been learning about things like managing resources and and supply chains, as weird as that sounds, and how land and the yield of the land is like at the core of everything, you know? Like, again, I can talk about this all day, you know, like take your water bottle and those plastics, those plastic comes, those plastics are not a raw material, but they come from raw materials. Where does the raw materials come from? How are they exploited or um, taken from their, their zone, you know? And, all the laws that come with that, it's interesting, it's interesting. And, you know, today, I think about my jobs, you know, how with my dog walking, I like it, but then economically, you know, it costs a lot in gas, and there's more of an energy expenditure on the at the hands of the individual. So I'm realizing, you know, I could probably be saving more if I worked a different job during the day and making more. And then I don't like thinking myself as that, as an agent that makes an income. I want to just be and explore things and interact with other people and stuff. But there's this part of me that's like, and I think it's probably in everyone, you know? When the rubber meets the road, it's like you have to live, you have to survive somehow. You have to make ends meet somehow because you're a human and you're an animal. And I didn't want to say that. I think a lot of institutions maybe not shy away from that, but they kind of remind us, oh, we're better than that. I don't think we're better. We're just more intelligent. But like, dude, if I'm not human, then, and if I'm, no, if I'm different than an animal, I'm better. How can I stop to eat? How can I stop to sleep? How can I stop to pee and poop? Um, you know, like, why do I like shade? You know, just like the dogs like shade. Why is that so comforting to me, you know? So, I, I just think, I can't deny that, you know? That we're domesticated animals. We domesticated ourselves, you know? With the intelligence that we developed over like, I don't know how many thousands of years, but, you know, using tools and foraging and those fears we built up that are still in our brain, I 
just feel like we used that, you know? We took a look, I mean our ancestors, we took a look at our lives and said, you know what, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be more than life to this, you know? Just moving around, just killing animals, almost dying every day. I mean, I'm not an archaeologist or whatever, or like an anthropologist, so I can't say, oh, this is what they thought, this is what they felt. But I just think of my life now, and I think of people now, and how we want our children to live a better life than we did, hopefully. You want that? And I just feel like maybe they said, you know what? I don't want this for them. I don't want them to wake up with a wolf growling at them and being scared shitless every morning. You know, let's build a tent. Let's build a fence somewhere. Let's hide in a cave. Let's protect ourselves during the nighttime. You know? It's adaptation. But I feel like we don't know from what those people were like left behind what their why was, you know? But I bet it had to do with their kids. I bet it had to do with their pain. You know, their suffering. And I bet they wanted something better for themselves. You know, maybe they didn't want to hunt anymore. Maybe it was so dangerous. And they just wanted to settle. I don't know if that's a good word to use, settle down. But it's weird because in our modern terminology, we think of settle down as like a negative thing. Maybe it's like a gender thing. Maybe one gender kind of wants that while the other one doesn't know what we've constructed with language or whatever. But I feel like we can say, you know, our ancestors one day, over the course of thousands of years, you know, developing these techniques and stuff, said, it's time, you know. Let's just chill out. Let's set up camp. And they're really smart. They're really great, you know? They looked at a wolf and said, wow, if we give this thing food to help keep other animals at bay and even help us catch animals, you know? And we can give them some, some royal, some commission, you know? Some commission on that. And we took you know, these wild boars and bred them. We just, we have a history of, of taming things, you know? And the whole agriculture thing, just getting plants to work for us, you know, getting the world to bend to our will almost. And it's interesting because I'm thinking about it, you know, about where we are now, and we're at a point where it can't anymore. It's gonna reach that point. And I think the cool thing is, the interesting thing that I see now is that it's been a battle this whole time, you know? The relationship between man and nature. Has it ever been harmonious, you know? I mean, I think it has been. There's been like groups that have, you know, given back to nature and, and really respect it. But I think at the end of the day, it's just, again, wanting something better, not wanting to suffer, and wanting the natural, natural world to bend to your will. 
And that's where it all comes from. But I think, is that sustainable, you know? For us, I mean, the world doesn't care. You know, the, the physical earth, it'll keep going. If you think about if we had the technology we had back in the 1920s, right? Which was a century ago. And you were to tell me that we were going to be hit by the asteroid that hit dinosaurs or whatever, that we would make it. Humanity would make it. I don't know. Maybe. We're pretty resilient. But I think the point is, like... The planet was fine. I mean, there was a crater in it. I mean, look at the moon, you know? Look at the scars of the moon. If that were to happen to us, all of those little meteors, I don't know what they're called after. If that were to happen today, would we make them? Probably not. But the planet would. And I, I think about that. I think about... I don't... I don't think we're more powerful than our home, you know? I don't think we're as resilient as our, as our planet. But anyway, I'm learning through, through this time in my life, you know, with inflation and everything. I think, although it's difficult, there's a lot of learning experiences at the supermarket, you know? And about really asking yourself, what do I need? What do I not need? What's important for my diet? What's important for my health? What's important for my peace of mind? And what can I go about? And some people don't have to ask that question, you know, for whatever reason. And it might be my own fault that I have to ask these questions when, you know, my life could have taken a different path. But again, I have to accept my life where it is today. And move on. And... I know to a certain extent we all have that battle, you know, of, I should have done this, you know, if only I had known, right? But what do you not know a year from now that could, you could use to it? You really don't know. Um, so, you know, I'm learning. And I'm learning about the whole supply chain thing and... I don't want to tell people what to do with their lives, but I feel like if we can, as individuals, not a government leader, if we can figure out what's going on at these ports and what that even means when there's a backlog, if we can figure out what goods take the most time to develop or are furthest away from us, you know, if we stay local with everything right now, if we could, you know, because I understand, like, there's certain things we can't produce here, and also the scale of which they're producing the labor cost is not going to happen here. But if we can say, like, okay, what's most important to us right now? You know, what does all this have in common? Are there products that make food that also make other things? Can we free this up, you know? so that the cost of production can go... See, I don't understand economics, so I'm trying to figure out a solution, but I haven't been educated about that. But I'm thinking about it, you know? 
I can think of it on an individual scale. So like for me, on days that I don't work at, or on days that I work at the restaurant, I try to ride my bike, right? Uh, for example, today I don't want dogs, but tomorrow, uh, or no, today I don't want dogs, but I do work at the restaurant. So I'm going to ride my bike so I don't have to use a gas. Just those individual things that we can all use collectively to bring the demand down. Which is what we did during the pandemic, you know, we brought the demand of goods down because there was this idea or these laws or these institutions that said, you can't do this, you can't have this, and we complied because we didn't know any better, you know, this was new to everyone, but what that did was it created a really sharp decline in demand of products and services, like oil. Um, trying to figure out what else. I don't know, there was some stuff that that was popular, like clothing that went up, like comfortable clothing or something. And I remember like home improvement goods were in demand just because people were at home. But it was like a teetering, you know? Something got lifted up because something got taken away. There was more focus on one thing than another. And now it's kind of like we're trying to recalibrate. And it's just like, it's a lot, you know? It's like a big strain. And I'm kind of going back to what I said at the other episode. Like, it's going to take a while. You know, I just have to be patient and just kind of learn, you know? Learn about, hey, this store brand oatmeal is $5 cheaper than the name brand. And if I buy four a month or three a month, that's $15 a month just on oatmeal. Just things like that. And like, that stuff is just going to stay with you after this. Again, I really feel like things are going to get a lot better because I think that's just, not just with capitalism and the whole boom bust cycle, but just being human, you know? It's like you experience something terrible and then you experience something not terrible. And because those two things are stacked against each other or placed next to each other, the thing that's less terrible is just going to feel amazing, you know? And I feel like that's kind of where I'm going. And that's how things work and that's how my perception works. And maybe yours will check. You had a good run during these two years. And then you had a year that wasn't quite like those two years. So in your head, maybe that's a terrible year, right? How do you define that? Do you find that based on objectively, this is how this year went, or this is how this year went compared to other years? And how do you measure that, you know? With how much money you make, um, with how much fun you had, you know, is that related? It's interesting. And it's weird. I feel like this podcast is a lot about money. And I was trying to make it about identity. But I think those things are just so connected because, not so much with money, because again, I think it's all about food and survival, and those are resource-based um, states of existence, right? So money was kind of developed as a, as a common denominator to exchange goods and services, just more convenient. You know, let's say you want, okay, this is where it's gonna get weird. Let's say you want like four sheep, right? And then 
your neighbor wants like three toothbrushes and for whatever reason with supply and demand or whatever you figured out that let's just say those are the same price right throw in an iron ball you know with the toothbrush all that has the same value like and let's say the, there's a market 10 miles away from the other market and there's this central market right it's one in the middle and there's two on the opposite sides if you're the guy with the iron ball and the toothbrushes are you really going to go out and meet the other guy nah like it's just so heavy right and the original car so this other guy had to walk in and man i have these sheep but like it's raining or whatever you know and it's like what if you had a piece of paper and this is how it works. Again, it's like a process. And I haven't been educated, but I know that like people use shells and coins. This this thing that they said had value. You know? And they said, Well just use that. I'll just give you I'll just meet you up halfway. I'll bring my sheep. Or you bring your iron ball. Or work something out. I don't know. I kind of am making this up as a goal. But it's just more convenient, you know, when you have a smaller uh, physical thing to exchange. So maybe that's why it happened. And that's just how we are now. It's about goods and services and what we use, you know, and what we define as having value. And... I wanted to be, I wanted to have this podcast be about so much more, like the American dream, you know? And maybe, I'm kind of realizing, like, it's what you make of it, you know? I feel like for me, the American dream is about transforming your life. At the end of the day, it's about transforming your life. It's about what our ancestors did when they said, you know what? Or when that chick from Donald Dwayne said, like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, I'm never going to go hungry again. And people come from other countries with that idea, you know? Or people are born here and are raised you with those ideas that say, like, Whatever I have, like, there's, there's got to be more, you know? The only issue I see with that is you're taking an individual and you're putting that idea in the individual about the individual and on a collective way, when you have a lot of individuals pursuing that, there's a competition, right? It's like a circle, you know? And we don't stand in the circle looking at each other and competing for what's in the center of the circle, but that circle is in our brain, in our mind, right? And we are competing for that because we all have those values. And those values and those rewards that we seek or that we believe are there create the culture and the system, you know? And higher education is a part of that. Purchasing homes is a part of that. Is this recording? recording. Sometimes it doesn't record. No, it's been recording. And, like, we don't know this, but we're looking at each other in this circle. 
you know, and there's stuff in the middle of the circle that we're grabbing it, you know, and what we do is we put chains on other people with these gifts, right, and we convince ourselves or inflate ourselves or cheat to get to the center of the circle to grab this stuff, you know, we want to slow other people down. I don't know if we do this intentionally, but think about that visual, you know, kind of like a reverse kumbaya, but it's like a circle. But we're just trying to rip each other's arms off to grab whatever whatever's in the middle. And I kind of guess that's violent. But it's not. It's it's ideological. It's in our minds, you know. How different would the country be like if the American dream was a collective effort? What if we had a we goal? A W E goal? What if we wanted to do something that was good for us? And why do we have to wait for a war where we're threatened to come together, you know? Can we set collective goals as a nation? As a state? As a family? Or are we all like kind of locked into this whole individual mindset? This me mindset? I'm not trying to say what the answer is. It's just something to think about, you know? Because I think about my life, right? How I'm in the crosshairs of this culture. I'm in LA, you know? It's very self-ish. It's, it has to do with the self, you know? Maybe New York, just these cities, right? Where you don't really see the same people every day. Where you're in apartments and things like that. So there's more of... A bigger indication that the self is larger than than the collective, you know? And, you know, living alone here and visiting my family sometimes. Sometimes I think I'm, when I'm with them, I just think about myself too much. And that's just the culture we're in, you know? Like, I don't know if that's good or bad. It's just how it is. But I think, you know, like, what would it be like, you know? What would we do? How would we live? What would we educate ourselves about? And would we need leaders at that point, you know, if we if we understand what the collective goals are? Because I feel like the leaders are just doing that for us, so to speak, in air quotes. But where's their head at, you know? Are they in that individualistic mindset with just protect me, just protect my family? I mean, there's responsibilities they have for everyone, but is that what their desires are? And when they campaign, it's just an effort to remind us or convince us that that's where their head is at. That we are on their minds and in their will. But how can you know? You know? What is everyone about? Are we just like these little fragments of DNA that give whatever cells instruction to become human and implant this desire in us to like reproduce itself and make itself better? And religion aside, like, you can think about free will and that, you know? It's interesting. I'm glad I'm having this podcast because this is stuff that I just think about and don't give myself a lot of time to. And I'm glad I can just talk about it, you know? And I hope I can get to a place where other people can talk about it. 
like something I want to do is open up a salon. Not like a hair salon or like those cowboy salons or they're called saloons probably. Sorry for my accent. But like a place where people can discuss ideas. That's not the goddamn internet with ads everywhere. But just a place where people can talk about ideas, you know, and share knowledge. Just like old, old times, you know, before all this like technology happened. And, you know, if I, if there's a place we can invest in as a globe, it's through transportation, you know. Because if people are moving, if goods and services are moving, those ideas are moving and those cultures are moving and blending, you know, which it's always been like that. But it feels like we can take it to the next level, you know? How cool would it be for people, every, anyone in the U.S. to just... Anyone who's grown, you know, maybe without kids. Or, or something. Or, or maybe they do have kids and they can, they can forego all the school and stuff during breaks. To go to another country, right? And vice versa. Like a foreign exchange student, but just like a person. You know? What if a family in the U.S. decided to switch places with another family? Kind of like wife swap. And just live there. And just think about things. You know, think about what they miss and what they value. And then take stuff home that was like, oh, you know what? They do it this way. It's actually faster. Sorry to change the subject again, but that's like what I learned covering shifts at different Starbucks when I worked there. I just would know the little things like, wow, they put the little eight ounce cup against the lever so they don't have to watch the hot water while they can do other things. And I wouldn't have learned that in my own store, which reminds me, I'm going to, I'm going to call the Starbucks so I can work there, which I have mixed feelings about because then I won't have access to the food that I have at this job. But I'm learning like my spirit is so much more important than my body because like Although I can feed myself and like work at a place that has more nutritious food, if the stress gets to me, I can, I don't know how to deal with that as, as much. And like, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to change the subject, so I'm not going to. But yeah, switching places. There's just a lot of value in that, you know? And I think that's where the world is going. Probably not in my lifetime. Or even my kids in lifetime. Maybe their kids, you know? I think the world's gonna totally look a lot different than it does now, especially with this pandemic and things going on in China and stuff. Just that like, every country needing to be isolated. I think that's gonna be the total opposite later. Like, in the future. I think everything's gonna be so much more connected. And like, Maybe there will be a global currency, and it will be Bitcoin, I don't know. But, like, it makes sense to have one in the future. Because I think that's where the world is going, you know? That's just the narrative of our story. And I don't see that as a conspiracy. I don't see that as the Illuminati. Granted, there are people that are going to benefit from that. People who have already benefited from a developing world. And when I say developing world, I mean the planet. You know, not just developing countries. And I think that's just... I mean, I don't want to say it's okay and it's awesome for people to suffer. But I think given that that's happened, 
throughout history, I don't know if we can expect anything different, you know? But I do think, you know, well beyond our time, the world is going to be, like, obviously more connected. And, I mean, there's part of me that I'm kind of bumped out because I won't get to see it, you know? But I think it would be kind of cool. And I hope it doesn't have to be a bloody or a bloodbath to get there. I hope we can manage it peacefully. But who knows? I had a lot of fun recording this one. Um, we just got to talk about a lot of ideas I've had and developed. So I hope you liked it. Um, just some ideas, I guess. But anyway, have a great rest of your day. Bye.